0: Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Thursday, July 2nd, and this is your FT News Briefing. Public health officials are worried that American Independence Day celebrations will be a super spreader event for coronavirus. The EU is taking a deeper look into Google's proposed takeover of Fitbit, and we're getting a clearer picture of what China's new national security law means for Hong Kong. Plus, has the pandemic been a setback in the fight against single-use plastic? The FT's Judith Evans will explain. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Macy's has been hosting five-minute fireworks shows at undisclosed locations around New York City to celebrate Independence Day this week. Macy says the short secretive shows are so people aren't tempted to watch in a crowd. Usually, the department store chain holds a much larger event on the actual 4th of July. Public health experts are concerned about how Americans will celebrate Independence Day this weekend. They worry that thousands will contract coronavirus at indoor parties, crowded outdoor events, religious services, and family gatherings. Experts say the outbreaks in the American South and West started after Memorial Day weekend celebrations in May. And public health officials worry that if Memorial Day is any indication of the risks these celebrations bring, the 4th of July will be worse. There are some preventative measures being taken. Several states have ordered bars to close their doors, and states including Florida, California, and Delaware are shutting some beaches. Officials say not enough people are wearing masks and social distancing. The holiday comes as states start to pause the reopening plans but there will still be plenty of other opportunities to celebrate and gather in large crowds in some parts of the country, U.S. President Donald Trump will be attending one of these celebrations. About 7,500 people are set to gather for fireworks near Mount Rushmore on Friday. Attendees will not be required to wear a mask or social distance. The EU is taking a deeper look at Google's proposed takeover of Fitbit, Regulators want to know if the $2.1 billion deal will give Google more data for its search engine and advertising business. As part of their investigation, the EU has sent questionnaires to Google and Fitbit competitors. It asks whether the deal will damage competition or disadvantage other fitness tracking apps in the Google Play Store. It also asks whether the deal will give Google more profiling data to improve its online search and advertising businesses. People with direct knowledge of the situation told the FT the detail of the questioning suggests that Brussels is gearing up for an extended investigation. And Hong Kong police began enforcing mainland China's new national security law yesterday. Thousands of protesters took to the streets to hold an annual march that marked the anniversary of the territory's handover from the UK to China. Some companies, especially tech groups, are worried about the sweeping new law. Lawyers said businesses are concerned that they'll be asked to hand over user data or conduct surveillance on behalf of national security investigations. So what does this new law actually do? The FT's China editor, James King, explains.
1: The new security law imposed by Beijing on Hong Kong, which took effect on the 1st of July, carries a great deal of uh, different clauses to me some of the most significant are that there will be an office for safeguarding national security in hong kong this will be a new office it will be effectively controlled by beijing and the office will be charged with overseeing and guiding hong kong's authorities in their efforts to protect national security to me Uh, This is an issue of great importance for the future of Hong Kong because it will be a body imposed by Beijing on the territory of Hong Kong that outweighs in importance all other legislative bodies that we have here in the territory. And this is the first time since Hong Kong was handed back from the UK to China in 1997, that's 23 years ago, that there's been a body of this type.
0: So, James, what does this mean day to day?
1: mainland Chinese sources that I've been speaking to here in Hong Kong are very Careful and and, and quick to make the point that for the broad majority of people living here whether they be foreigners or Hong Kong people or mainlanders living here there will be no change in uh, daily life life and business will continue as normal they say that the law is intended only to go after a small number or a very small number of ringleaders and troublemakers particularly those that have been organizing the protests that we've seen here in Hong Kong since the middle of last year. But that explanation rather falls short of some key sentences in the law itself. There are areas of the law which give major pause for thought for foreigners who are living here. One of them is a section that deals with an offense called collusion with external elements. And this section says that it is an offense to engage in activities that provoke, quote, hatred among Hong Kong residents toward the central people's government. That is, of course, the government in Beijing. It's vague terminology like that that make people really concerned as to, you know, what the final implications of this law might be.
0: And here's a story you should know more about demand for disposable plastic packaging and protective clothing has soared during the pandemic. Consumers and governments have, in some cases, prioritized the need for plastic in making PPE over concerns about the environment. So what does this mean for the battle against disposable cups and plastic straws? Our consumer industries correspondent, Judith Evans, has more.
2: Well, there's a few different sides to this. One thing is that a number of governments, including the UK government and some state governments in the US, have Delayed bans on single-use plastic items or even rolled them back um, for a couple of reasons. One is simply because they think companies are having a tough enough time in the pandemic as it is without introducing a, a new sort of supply line there. And the other is hygiene to protect consumers and retail workers from potential contamination. Then among consumers, there's a few different issues. One is that people are obviously eating at home instead of in restaurants. And that entails retail packaging, which means packaging food often in smaller units than they'd be sent out to restaurants. If you think about a restaurant getting kind of an entire cheese as against you or me buying little chunk of cheese. And another dimension there is that some consumers seem to believe it's safer to buy food in plastic packaging. The idea that that actually is more hygienic is pretty questionable, I have to say. And indeed, there's also separately some evidence that traces of coronavirus linger for longer on plastic than they do on other forms of packaging like cardboard. But all of these things seem to have combined into a bit of a resurgence of plastic packaging. And apparently process of of that material, are actually buying it up in anticipation of a bit of a shortage.
0: Judith, how does oil fit into how plastics are being produced and consumed these days?
2: plastics polymers are obviously made from fossil fuels and the price of making it drops as the oil price drops but also because oil demand has dropped sharply in the pandemic there's also a kind of hunt for an outlet how to use this material and meanwhile prices for certain types of recycled plastic have actually been going up because companies among them the consumer goods companies that i cover as a regular part of my beat have pledged to use it in packaging for a lot of their products to sort of get the market going as it were so in some areas like plastic bottles it's actually more expensive now to recycle than it is to buy virgin plastic, which obviously doesn't help the shift towards a circular economy.
0: So, you know, in your article, Judith, that less than a tenth of the 300 million tons of plastic that are manufactured each year are recycled. What happens to the rest?
2: Well, there's a chunk of it that is simply dumped. Much of it ends up in the sea. There have been some shocking statistics from the Ellen MacArthur Foundation that by 2050, the weight of plastic in the sea will outweigh the fish in the sea if we continue on our current path. Some of it goes to landfill and some of it is incinerated, which again creates emissions. So that's another concern. There was a report last year suggesting that incineration of plastic would create emissions equivalent to 189 new coal power plants. So there's actually a climate change aspect there as well.
0: Judith, is there any indication that once the alarm over the pandemic subsides, if we can even think that far ahead at this point, um, that consumers will start paying attention to environmental issues again?
2: I think there's a good chance that momentum will resume. The European Commission declined to delay its own ban on certain types of single-use plastic, like stirrers and like straws, despite lobbying from the plastics industry for them to do that or even to reverse it. A lot of the big companies have said, yeah, we'll stick by our commitments. Those are commitments that campaign groups would like to see increase still more, but recently Nestle announced that they would trial reusable containers for pet food. And on the consumer front, I think, It's interesting what we saw in the financial crisis was that there was a setback to many climate initiatives as people and companies kind of scrambled to deal with the financial pressures of the time. And then the movement grew once again. So perhaps that's the pattern we'll see here. But I think, to be honest, it's uh, it's still too early to say.
0: You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news.
2: Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move.